Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 804 of the Juicebox Podcast. On today's show, we'll be speaking with Christina. She's the parent of a child with type 1 diabetes. And um, she's here today to tell a story that I found delightful. It's in the title, but I don't want to give it away in the description. So there's going to be a breakup in this episode. You might find it interesting. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who either has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please consider filling out the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. When you do this, you'll be helping people living with type 1 diabetes. You may be helping yourself, and you're definitely going to be moving type 1 research forward. This will take you fewer than 10 minutes. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. It's the easiest thing you'll do on your sofa today that will actually make a difference. You know, I mean, unless you're going to like, but you know. Today's episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. Touched by Type 1 is an organization helping, 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 helping people with type 1 diabetes, and they'd like for you to learn more about them by following them on Facebook, Instagram, or checking them out at touchedbytype1.org. The podcast is also sponsored today by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. If you want an insulin pen that has a ton of features that you find at insulin pumps, you should check out the InPen at inpentoday.com. And finally, today's episode is sponsored by US Med. If you'd like to get your diabetes supplies the way Arden does, head over to US Med. You can get your free benefits check by calling 888-721-1514 or by visiting this special site just for Juicebox podcast listeners, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. My name is Christina. I am the mother of a type 1 diabetic. My son Clayton has been diabetic for six and a half years. The first email I have from you goes back to 2017. Do you know that? Yes, I do. I recall. <laughs> I just saw that today and I thought, well, that's crazy. Um, and not, not it's that funny it's, to think, it's funny to think back. Like, I, I mean, I think just because we've been in it for so long, you know, like when you're first diagnosed, you like think about time. Like I think about, you know, the two and a half years before he was diabetic. And when you're like, when you become diagnosed, you think of like, wow, he's been you know, not diabetic longer than he's diabetic. And then you kind of hit that halfway point of like, okay, now he's been diabetic the same amount of time, you know, yeah. that he was before he was, you know, diabetic. And then you kind of hit the tipping point. It's like, well, now it's been longer. And then you kind of just stop counting because it's just life. Yeah. And like, I don't really remember a time before. I don't, I don't mourn that. Like, I don't think about when he was two and not diabetic. Like, I don't really think about it. <laughs> Yeah, it just is. Yeah, I think I find that to be a feeling that um that wanes over time. Uh and and it is very interesting to see how we measure time. It's always it's interesting how people do it. You know, it's it's been twice as long. It's been the same amount of time. It's 50% off. Like who who cares? It, it, you know, it's uh, a <laughs> 
it's just a way to keep track, I guess. And and I think your point is is at some point there's nothing to keep track of. Like this is just yeah. what it is. I, I have that feeling a lot. Um that what's the feeling I have a lot. I was just thinking about it last night. I was on a long drive last night and I was thinking about how all of this feels like such a big deal at some point, And then you realize it's not and how I wish you could take that feeling and give it to people who are more newly involved, you know, but I don't know if, I don't know if you can. Yeah, we might get there. Cause I'll, this will lead to why I came on, but we have a new doctor now. And he actually kind of said to me, like, you know, how old's Clayton? He's nine. Okay. He's like, well, you know, you don't really have much more time with him, like doing it. And I like that, like shocked me. I'm thinking like, this is my life. Like, this is all I do kind of, you know, like, what do you mean? Like what I'm doing is such a small fragment. Then what he's going to be doing is all of it. It's kind of like, not that what I'm doing is not important, but you know, like Mm -hmm. I view it as so much bigger Yes, in re- actuality, what it will be. <laughs> well, first of all, it, what's the kid going to college when he's twelve? What are we talking about here? <laughs> I mean, it seems like n- not to not to uh, just make fun of what we just talked about, but it seems like he's been alive for nine years, and you have a hundred percent of that time left before he becomes eighteen and goes to college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so your entire experience has to happen again, and then that part will happen. But I- I'll share with you that. Um, very recently, we're doing something privately that led someone who I don't really know, you know, who's just helping with, uh, I don't know, like a personal thing. And they said, well, how do you envision your retirement? And I said, I, I, I don't know how to answer the question. Like, it took me completely by surprise. And so I think the guy just felt that I didn't have an answer and let it go. And then we spoke a couple of weeks later, and he says the same thing again. You know, I guess we're going to have to figure out how you envision the end of, you know, your working life. And I really thought about it. And I told him, I said, I have to be honest with you. That question has now made me sad twice. And he said, I don't mean to make you sad. And I I said, no, 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 not sad like that. Sad because I don't know the answer. Because when I think about myself, I just think of myself, this is going to sound sad. No, it is sad, I guess. Um, (laughs) I I think of myself as a tool that makes money and comfort for the people I care about. And I don't know what I would do if I didn't have to do those things anymore. Yeah. And I can't even imagine. Like, I can't, like, when you say to me, like, what would you do, Scott, if you had a week off? I, I don't even know how to consider that. And there's something... I mean, wrong with that. But at the same time, you know what he told me? That's what everybody says. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't feel too special, luckily. (laughs) Um, Hopefully, we'll figure it out along the way. And I won't just sit around, like, watching television going, I used to have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes people's, you know, hobbies become their work. And then they, you know, do that work for their whole life. And then they don't really have a hobby after work, right? We actually joke about this with my dad. Like he formed his own company. It's older than I am. Like we kind of joke. It's like, what would he do? Like he goes to his work on the weekends. Like he just, I don't think he knows what to do. What is free time, you know, kind of a thing. Right. So yeah, kind of just think he'll just work till the end. <laughs> I, I, I think I've said this on here before, but the day, the evening we dropped Cole off at college when he was a freshman, when we got home, the girls went to sleep. It was a long day. And I did the laundry that Cole left behind because wow. I just didn't like, I didn't know what to do, you know? So I, I, I would like to know what I like, 
But at the moment, I think the truth is I like making this podcast. I like helping people. And I'm very, like, fulfilled and happy doing this. So I, I maybe it just is an indication that I, I'm so happy I, I don't want to imagine something else at the moment. But I would like to sit on a beach for a couple of days. But that's not a whole life, right? <laughs> or is it? Can I just sit on a beach forever? Um, probably not. If you move somewhere warm and sunny. Mm -hmm. Do you think I could just, um, look at me, I'm putting you in charge of my life now. Uh, <laughs> we know each other tangentially, Christina. Go ahead and you decide. Um, <laughs> do you think I could just keep making this podcast, but probably not put it out as frequently as I do now as I get older and older? I could probably do that. You probably could. And I'm going to be honest with you, Scott. Like, I kind of don't listen anymore. <laughs> And to no fault of the amazing podcast, but I think you've said this before is like, you know, this is the same with people in Facebook groups, you know, you come when you're newer and you have a question and you're kind of more active and then you kind of just let it be in the background. And it's just kind of, you know, there you see things go by, maybe you put some input in here or there um, for the podcast. Anyway, for me, um, I live in California, so I used to have a pretty bad commute into the city. And so uh, that is where I spent a lot of my time listening and then over time, you know, other interests come into play or whatnot. And actually now working from home, I just don't really have time to like podcasts. I don't really listen much anymore. I understand. But, um, no, no, I completely, I completely understand. It would be absolutely maniacal and insane to think that everybody is listening to every episode forever and ever. That would be crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. I was very much in order. So I had, you know, gone one to whatever, you know, say 200. And then as I felt like I, I got so far behind, I'm like, but I don't, I want to go back. I don't want to just pick up at number 400 and whatever. <laughs> Can you maybe, <laughs> maybe just start with a, a couple a month and start with the new ones. I'm actually much better at it now. I, th I think, <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? We might get to the end of this and you'd be like, you're actually not better at this at all. So who knows what you'll think? <laughs> Well, have you, you've been on the show in the past. Am I right to say that? Yeah, I think it was back like 120 something. Yeah. Do you remember? So we the were title? like two years in, two years in at that point. Do you remember the title of the episode by any chance? The Normal Floor. Oh, I remember saying that. Oh, yeah. Episode 127, 2017. Okay. I, isn't that interesting? I, listen. That's episode 127. I'm about to put out episode like 670-something, okay? That's amazing. <laughs> oh, please. So my point is, is that I don't have complete recollection of everything, but I feel like I remember that you were in an institution somewhere, and you got moved to a floor, and it was kind of... I don't, am I about right? And that was the normal. That's floor? right. Yeah. I, well, because I, I think we're in the PICU and then we got moved from the PICU to like the normal, I don't know, the normal floor. And the, I don't know what it's called. You know, that's where that was, you know, during diagnosis anyway. So you referred to it as the normal floor and that amused me. And that's how it ended up being the episode yes. title. Yes. <laughs> See, I have a system. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Okay. So what made you want to come back on? So I had, you know, posted, you know, in a moment of, frustration and irritation to the group that um, our doctor was essentially firing us and that, you know, I just wanted to express irritation in that. And then it was like, oh, this would be a good episode. Cause I think, you know, I don't think that happens very often. Maybe more so we would fire our endo and not really the opposite way, <laughs> but that, that is what happened to us. I wish people understood how my brain works. I'm all lit up inside now. I'm like, Ooh, this is an episode. I love it. Okay, so why don't we do a little bit of backstory, and then we'll move you up into it. So 
Uh, let's just get people like, like in line. Your son, right? Type one. Correct. Yeah. And how old was he when he was diagnosed? So Clayton was diagnosed when he was two and a half. And how old is he now? He is nine. Nine. Two and a half. I know you're like, Scott, we just did this whole thing with the math and nine and 18, <laughs> but my mind's doing more. Christina, you know, cut me a break. Uh, he's nine now. Uh, any technology? So, yes, he's on Dexcom and Omnipod, and we um, use an algorithm-based system that rhymes with hoop. Mm-hmm. Are we not we're allowed to say it out loud? <laughs> is, it a, is it a problem to say it out loud? <laughs> I wasn't sure. Loop. Yes, we're loopers. We okay. have been for the last uh, couple of years. Okay. DIY loop. And how are things generally going? They're good. I mean, I still feel like I'm like kind of learning, never really 100% getting it. You know, things are amazing for like three days where I think, wow, these are the settings they should be. And then not so much. So, you know, school's, school's challenging. I feel like, you know, I feel like they're active more than they sit in a desk. And, you know, in theory, that's wonderful for kids. I want kids to be active, but for a diabetic mother or for a mom that's taking care of the diabetes, it makes it very challenging Mm -hmm. when you have like, you know, recess, PE, recess, and like all in a row. (laughs) Anyway, so it it makes it kind of complicated. Well, of course it does. But so (laughs) it's funny. I think I think of the podcast as, um, as a pathway to diabetes success and comfort and ease. And so when you say to me, I don't listen anymore, in my mind, that puts your A1C at 5.5 and you never think about diabetes. But that's obviously not true. That's just the thing that I put on what you said. So um, first of all, are you comfortable sharing A1Cs and things like that? Yeah, of course. So since about, I actually had to look this up because we've been actually in the sixes for so long that I don't even remember really when that was that that started, but it was about mid 2017. We Mm kind of like broke into the sixes and we're kind of staying to like mid to high sixes. And I was just really wanting to break lower than that. And I feel like loop is kind of what helped us kind of get there. That was about that time. So we kind of went from the mid to high sixes to the, you know, mid to low sixes in around 2019 and have been there ever since. Okay. Um, So you ride between six and six and a half ish in that space. Yeah. And we even had some low, some high fives. So we kind of broke into that, but this goes into where our doctor was not really in line with. Hey, what I was doing. Hey, Christ- so Christina, don't give it all away at once. We're only 15 minutes in. Okay. <laughs> all right. We'd like people to listen and enjoy the conversation allowed to build on our end so that maybe we can find other topics and ideas, you know, <laughs> conversational and all. Don't just throw it all out at once. You don't, okay, co- you don't come into the room like, and just be like, I'm here. Let's do it. Like, right. <laughs> a bit of a dance first. Let's do the dance. Um, well, so obviously that's successful no matter how you cut it. Honestly, going all the way back to 2017, you're you're doing really well. Um, I understand the frustration of being in the high sixes and thinking I just want a little more out of this. What about an algorithm got you mid to high six to low to mid six? I think where you gain a lot is the the overnight, the the sleep time. You know, when, when no one's eating, it's wonderful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's kind of what helps. It helps with the sleep and just, you know, all that an algorithm based system can kind of provide. And I feel like that's where we notice it the most. Um, and it seems as though, cause he's still small. He kind of seems between a basal rate, you know? So I don't know. Sometimes he's got that negative basal when he wakes up. 
mm-hmm. sometimes not so much. It's like, well, was that food related where I, why he's waking up with positive basil? Is it like an old pod? And then, or why is it negative? Is it just the settings are too aggressive and it can't take it away fast enough? You know, you kind of go back and forth. What's he weigh? Um, 60 pounds. What's his basil rate? Or do you, have a it, lot, do you have a lot of them or do you just have one? No, I had one. I think we're at 0.3 right now. Okay. That seems low for his weight. Yeah, I've heard, I actually, I so I have listened to a recent podcast where you were talking about oh, her liar. X amount of liar. pounds. Oh, liar, liar, liar. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is his insulin sensitivity more aggressive? It's higher, I would say. All right, we have right, to like the, a higher number, like 180, something like that. Higher numbers are less aggressive. Okay. Okay. I, I don't like that about. Oh, the, listen, <laughs> if you kept listening to the podcast, you would have heard me go crazy about it for a number of episodes, like 300 episodes ago, where I was like, who is the genius that decided that more aggressive was a lower number? I mean, come on. And then math people are like, it's obvious if you understand math. And I'm like, well, if I understood math, I wouldn't have this damn podcast, would I? So I, cause I, I would just do the math for the diabetes. And, you know, maybe that would work. Um, so, okay. So interesting. And he doesn't, he doesn't get low. No, he gets low more often. That's the problem. And this is part of, well, if you would let me talk about the doctor. <laughs> Christina, <we're>... Anyway, no. <laughs> no, 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 I'm teasing. So tell me a little bit about that for a second. So he, when he gets low, when, what time of day does it normally happen? And what are we calling him low? So it's a kind of a two part. If you're like separating the day in two parts, you know, like daytime at school, because school is the majority of the week, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of can have lows, um, Let's see. So he's eating breakfast around like seven, say seven, seven thirty. And then he might go low about three, between three and four hours later, which is like also in conjunction with like a recess time. Okay. So it's hard to say it's like, well, is that breakfast too aggressive? And it's just kidding the tail end of that insulin still working. Is it because he's running around? You know? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I'm not there, right? Is <laughs> so the, that's why school's a little tricky. Do you see the loop being more aggressive in the morning with this basil? Or, um, or does it take on, it away? Or how does it work? Not necessarily. Sometimes it's the, um, so, you know, you'll dose breakfast and then it might hit the, you know, it might hit a spike because it's starting to rise. So it wants to give more insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Sometimes that might cause the low, which is, I think, why we put the sensitivity up higher to kind of make it not be so aggressive. Which version of the of the loop are you using? Is it autobolus or is the are these? Yes. It is. Um, yes, we are on autobolus. That's kind of some low that can happen. And almost we can sometimes get a repeat low, although I do set remote overrides from home, like a higher target so that we can avoid that. Sometimes he might get a secondary one. Um And then I would say another low that kind of can happen if we get it overnight, it's going to be because maybe I missed the mark on dinner or that's just, you know, he's active. He's nine. So sometimes he eats dinner and it's like, I'm going to go shoot baskets. It's like, well, that's great (laughs) because then he can make himself, you know, essentially go low before bed or then almost right after he goes to sleep. Yeah. Um, So do most of the lows you see, do most of the lows you see, Revolve around activity.
Well, there's no way around it. If you have diabetes, you need stuff. You need insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitors and test strips, stuff. And you might as well get your stuff from somewhere who's not going to um, mess around. You know what I mean? If you order your stuff from other places, you might know what I'm talking about. You may have headaches and um, horrible memories of phone calls and yelling at people, but you don't need to do that. You could check out US Med instead. USmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514. Why would you do this? Well, how about to get hooked up with US Med, who has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. Plus, they carry everything from your insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 3 and the Dexcom G6. Better service and better care is what you get from US Med, but you also get 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping every time. Over 1 million people have trusted U.S. Med since 1996, and you could be one of them. 888-721-1514 or go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Call the number or hit the link to get your free benefits check and to get started with that white glove treatment from U.S. Med. I was in one take. I'm so proud of myself. There's no edits in there. I'm going to try to roll into the Dexcom ad without stopping. I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I can do it or not. Uh, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Now, here's the first thing I'm going to tell you. You may be eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6, and you can visit my link to find out more about that. Why would you want to do that? Because the Dexcom G6 makes knowledge your superpower. Being able to see the blood sugar of your child or yourself in real time. Is it rising or falling? How fast is it moving and what's the number? All of that right on your receiver or your Apple phone or your Android phone. Damn, Apple phones are called iPhones. All right, I'm just going to keep going. Dexcom G6 says, see your glucose readings right on your smart device. Customize your alerts and alarms and zero finger sticks. Read more about zero finger sticks at my link, dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You can share your data with up to 10 followers. There's Siri. You can actually like ask Siri to read your glucose numbers to you. And it's indicated for children two years and above, not just children two years and above, people two years and above. So take the next step with Dexcom. Head to my link, fill out the form, get started today. You want to see your numbers. You want to see them in real time and you want to be able to see how fast they're moving and where they're at. Trust me, that information is at the base. It is the absolute start of how you will make great decisions with carbohydrates and insulin. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. USmed.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening now or links at juiceboxpodcast.com to touch by type one, USmed, Dexcom, and all of the sponsors. When you click on my links, you're supporting the production of the podcast and keeping it free. So I really appreciate it when you do that. I'm not telling you to buy something you don't want, but I mean, if you're getting a Dexcom, hit my link. You know what I mean? Thanks.
it's unplanned activity. It's just something that pops of up course. or happens. Yeah. Et cetera. But but not at, <laughs> like when the neighbor got a trampoline. That was real fun. <laughs> I would have I would have made him move. I would have said you cannot put that trampoline <laughs> here next to my house, please. What are you doing? Did you tell him? Did you go over and be like, listen? Well, anything. it's his it's his best friend, so no, I can't. <laughs> oh my god, I, I'd rather you have a handgun range out back than a than a trampoline. <laughs> seems seems less dangerous to me for my children to be involved in. Um, well, that stinks. I mean, it's very it's not not uncommon, obviously for for that. And you can't. I mean, if you could plan for it, then you could do like an override on loop, of course, and take it yeah. back. But how do you plan for it? Right? It's yeah. You try to be as much proactive instead of reactive. But I feel like sometimes with his age and then just what's going on, you kind of just have to, the nurse at school is really amazing and she knows him and she's been with him ever since kindergarten. So she kind of like understand how he, how he runs and kind of can anticipate with me as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's nice. Can I ask you away from ba- uh, um, away from food, away from activity, away from active boluses, where does his blood sugar sit stable at? Well, Scott, he's nine, so he's constantly wanting to eat. <laughs> when is this time you speak of? <laughs> I guess I think it's 2.30 in the morning. Where's, what's his blood sugar at 2.30 in the morning? <laughs> I would say it's sub 100. Okay. We'll float between like 100. It can almost get down to like the low 70s, and then it might like bump back up. Um, it will take away basil for so much, and then sometimes it causes it to, you know, it makes it rise, but sometimes it rises like too much, like it then he get you might get up to 120 and it might go back down so mm-hmm. he kind of like floats around it depends i would say not every not every day is the same which is I, i'm trying to figure out <laughs> i'm trying to figure out why you're seeing a, a six mid six a1c when you're putting this much kind of focus and effort on it and at stability he's got stability in in sub 100 so that that that's interesting to me. Are you correcting a lot of lows with food maybe and then not readdressing it or something like that? Are you bad at bullets for meals? The, the, I would say food spikes. Um, we do pre-bolus. Mm-hmm. At school, it's hard to pre-bolus because he has a recess right before a lunch. And I just don't feel comfortable... Like if you were home, I would be sitting watching. I don't know at school if they're five minutes late to the lunchroom. If we do five, if his blood sugar is in a good spot and it doesn't look like he has a lot of insulin on board and, you know, things are looking, the prediction, you know, line is looking okay. We will do a five minute pre-bolus for school lunch. Okay. And, and that th- is a lunch I pack. Um, and then you see a spike with that. Yeah, we do. What, call, uh, can put a number on the spike for me. Um, he could probably get close to 200. Interesting. And then it kind of wants to stay. And then sometimes it will crash because then you have another recess that happens in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. Or if it doesn't, by the time he's done with school, he walks home and then, you know, it's like almost low. And then he's got to eat. Then he has to eat because it's like, say, coming down below 80. And then you can't free bolus that snack, right? Because then he's eating... Yeah, well then you should sometimes have, you get that roller coaster. You you shouldn't have to pre-bolus that snack. You should be able to bolus and eat on that snack. The the coming But it down. still spikes. It still spikes. Well then why? I think maybe because of the quality of what he's eating. Then Christina, then why can't you pre-bolus it? Because he'll get low first. The walk home always makes him go low. Okay. But I'm saying if he gets home at 80, say he's 80 diagonal down. Yes. And you know he needs food. 
Yes. What? Wh- why? Why can't you pre-bolus a few minutes before he eats? Because he's eighty, or because you're not there with him? No, I am there with you him. Are. Okay. I guess we just get a. I normally just dose it and then get it ready and then eat. So I guess it is a few minutes, but you know, normally at that time he wants like, I don't know, chips and an apple or whatever he's eating. Mm -hmm. I I think it just, the food type is just, I can, I do. Okay. So Luke normally doesn't want to dose that, but I normally, um, will override, um, what is the suspend and I'll put it at like 65 really quick so I can get their recommendation and then dose that amount. Okay. And then I'll switch it back and put it back into where it, what it normally is, like 82 or whatever it yeah. normally is. So I think we actually suspended 65 no matter what. And if I was in that position, 80 diagonal down, about to eat chips or an apple, I would just tell her, like, put in however many carbs it is. Let's just pretend it's 30. And then um, she'll say it doesn't want to give anything. And I'll tell her just yes. bolus anyway. Yeah. You know, so sometimes you have to think for the algorithm in that scenario. But yeah, I I'm wondering if I should like overdo what it's even recommending. Or you could do that, which is you could um, not not pre bolus at all, but over bolus it. Have you heard the Defining Diabetes episode about over bolusing? No, no, because you stopped listening to the podcast. Well, I, I was getting good at it. I need to go do that. All right, Christina, whatever. Okay. I mean, it feels like we're on here to talk about a bunch of things that don't need to be a problem, but just you stopped commuting. Is that what's going on? I, well, you know, I really didn't like driving an hour and a half each way, Scott. Oh, there's But no I might way. have to do it again. Yeah, get back in the car and just drive around during the day. I don't. Do you not vacuum or do a dish or something? You could listen then. Christina, are you a kept woman? Sorry. Okay. Is there no vacuuming? What's going on? <laughs> are you just, are you just, is it 1950? Are you bond bonding with your hair up in paper curlers waiting oh. to make a, to make a, a gimlet for somebody at four o'clock? What's going on over there? Definitely not. That is not happening here. <laughs> no one's ever once brought me a drink. <laughs> I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> if it happened one time, I would think my mom was dead or I had cancer and I was the only one that didn't know it. I was like, why are people being kind to me? Um, Okay, so so we have our answer, right? Your six and a half A1C comes from not not getting the timing right at meals often enough. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you would and have going backwards to school time, um, like I said, if we get that say one low and then it almost does like it wants to head into a repeat low, that always is in conjunction with lunch, so it won't recommend anything. But like I said, the nurse is great. I just have to pick an amount. So I'll be like, just give him a unit and a half or give him a whatever. And so right. maybe it's just my estimate is not good enough, you know, or, or I'm just so conservative because he's at school that I'm like just scared to like. I mean, that's what it sounds twice, like. And then I'm like. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like to me as a, as a, you know, a dispassionate onlooker. It seems like you're being overly careful at school trying to avoid lows. But then you're making a look like the PTSD from all of the school doctor issues. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've had. Wait, so it, interesting. If I may act as your therapist mm-hmm. for one second, then we'll move yes, on. Please. Okay. You're trying to avoid a low at mealtime and instead creating a spike that later turns into a low. Yes. So are you avoiding lows? Well, I'm trying to. But are you? <laughs> No, I'm not. All right. So instead of preparing for failure, I would plan for success. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. That's it. We're done. 
let's get off now. No, I'm just kidding. All right. So what the hell happened? You went to the doctor and you got yelled at? This is my, this is the whole thing. You are right, so being yeah. serious. You're all right. Your doctor told you out and see you're done. You can't be a patient here anymore. No, she couldn't really say it because I don't think she was like, you know, aggressive enough, but I kind of had to be like, is this what you mean? And we kind of both looked at each other like, okay. And then no one came in to make the next appointment. <laughs> so she broke up with you. Yes, pretty much. By treating you poorly and hoping you would go away. <sighs> she just didn't agree with the amount of lows we were having. Okay. And unfortunately, yeah. What are we calling low? What was she calling low? Below 70. <laughs> what are you calling low? below 70 all right it was all about the dexcom data to to be honest so dexcom you know this that when dexcom works it works great unfortunately when it doesn't work especially in an algorithm-based system it's like crapshoot you know what i mean like uh, i don't for clayton hold on i don't i don't know what you mean are you talking about like maybe compression lows or first day of a sensor when it's wonky or something like that above all of the above so for clayton good Clayton, um, the first day of a sensor is super, super jumpy, like where it will think it's, you know, 110 and all of a sudden, oh, no, it's 130. And so Luke will dose off of that and then make him go low. It's just it's it can't correct fast enough. So actually, this last sensor, I opened loop and it was amazing. And I was like, wow, maybe I need to do this for every sensor. So that is Maybe what I'm going to be doing going forward to try something new to okay. see if we can help that first 24 to 36 hours. So let me let me um, make sure I understand. On a first day of a sensor, you get kind of wonky jump around numbers. By the way, I might just calibrate it. And had you listened to the episode about when to calibrate a Dexcom sensor, you might know what I'm talking about. But since you didn't listen to it, you don't know what I'm talking about. But um, I'll put that episode number in here for you at the end. Uh, but but Christina, I appreciate you telling me earlier about the listening thing because now I can tease you incessantly while <laughs> we're doing course, this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I might just calibrate it. Now, some people will be like, ah, you're not supposed to. Like, I don't care. There's a whole episode about it. Go listen to it. It's got a ton of different opinions in there, including mine, Jenny's, and literally like dozens from people in the Facebook group. Everybody sent in their kind of best practices. We put it into one episode. Anyway, so you're saying that he jumps around, meaning is that, you know, suddenly the algorithm might think he's 140 and give a bolus. Now, meanwhile, it's only giving mm-hmm. a 60% bolus, right? While it's up, is yeah. that how you have your Yeah. Time? Right. And then that makes him low. And instead of your doctor looking at that and saying, oh, that's a limitation of the technology, they're blaming you? Yeah, I just don't, although she was supportive of Loop and fine with us doing it, I don't think she had enough knowledge. And to her credit, I don't expect every doctor to know all of the things, you know, but sure. I think that she wasn't able to, she didn't know the system enough to be able to then give any advice or help. Um, well, Christina, how much do you need to know about something to know that it's an auto bolus? And when it sees a number, it boluses. I mean, it's not like you, you weren't getting her to like, she didn't have to learn a new language, did she? Like, you know, she wasn't trying to pick up like 600 year old Yiddish or something like that, right? Like she, she was just trying to understand a slightly different way that this algorithm works. I, I, I'm saying, I think you're protecting her. This feels like a breakup where you're still like protecting the, the person who did something wrong. This is fun. Um, so, um, it, tell tell me like take me through that 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 entire visit to the doctor. How did it go? Um, 
so that particular visit or just like our experience in general with the well, doctor? Yeah, let's start high level and then we'll go into that one specifically. Good idea. So I can go back to the beginning? Yeah, go to the beginning where all good okay. stories start. <laughs> so to be honest, I actually didn't pick this doctor. <laughs> so okay. when we were diagnosed and, uh, you know, we went to clinic with the actual doctor that was like in the hospital with us. So I had like, you know, good feelings towards that person. And then they moved on to Yale because, you know, they went to go do great things. Um, we moved to a location that was much closer to home because the other spot was like over an hour away. So we're now we're going to, you know, still within Stanford and, you know, just someone that's nearby. Okay, great. So I think for the beginning portion, it was very much like you guys are doing great. You obviously know diabetes better than, you know, you know, your own diabetes better than we would, which is, I think sometimes can be a common thought with doctors, which is like, obvious we're living with it day in and day out. And you're just seeing, you know, the numbers here and there. Mm -hmm. So, um, I felt like we had that support. And then when we started looping, the, I think there was a, although she wasn't as familiar with it, the doctor, there was a CDE that I think her daughter was looping. So she was familiar with it. So they understood kind of, you know, she understood what we were kind of doing. And, um, so there was that support that it was like, it was fine. You know, like, it's not like I had a doctor that was saying, Oh, we don't support loop. Like I'm not giving you prescription. It wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, we would come in and they would look at our Dexcom clarity and they wouldn't download our meter. And I'm actually really good at doing finger sticks because going back to the Dexcom, we actually stopped using the Dexcom um, code and we started doing daily finger stick calibrations because I have felt that those finger sticks help the Dexcom work better for Clayton Mm -hmm. than using the code does. So we do do finger sticks quite frequently and going back to the Dexcom, unfortunately, um, he just does get a lot of compression lows. We get a lot of like second or third day low night trends where he will just be low L O W for three hours until it can kind of move itself out of its way. And the sensor really only lasts for him about six or seven days. And I have to pull him. And when you just when you um, test during those L O W's, he's not actually low. No. Okay. So this is where I go to where the doctor's using data that's not really true in, you know, you're getting say a nine or 10% low on your report, but I'm like, you're not even checking my finger sticks, but I'm really, you know, yeah, that, that we're not I don't understand what it's that. showing, that's, I don't, you know, yeah, so I don't understand that at all. So you're clear with the person about this. Also, you're not a crazy yes. person, right? You, you, you seem like a, a reasonable human being. And so they're treating you like you're lying or you're making it up or I don't understand. Like, why would they not just believe you? just not wanting to go the extra step or like, I mean, there was even times where she's like, well, what about at 2.50 a.m.? Like, what was his blood sugar? I'm thinking, well, if you downloaded the meter that I brought and gave to you, you would see. So I'm sitting there going, scrolling back. No, he was 78 or no, he was whatever. She would give me like pamphlets of like why it's better to have your blood sugar in the sevens. It's more safe to not be hypo unaware and all these like things. I'm like, so my just... goal is to get him in the fives. Like, yeah. so we're not like talking the same language here. Right, right. Is she just an ass cover or is she just, because I get, listen, I get some ass covering statements made to me, you know, once in a while. Um, and it's always around a low. Like they'll look at a low on Dexcom and go, this is too low. It's dangerous. And I say, eh, that looks like a compression low to me. I don't think that's real. I don't remember anything like that, you know, uh, around insulin or food at that time. I think that's just an anomaly. And and our our CDE goes, no problem, great. But they still 
say it. Like, like they say it as if they have to say it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but mine takes my, takes what I say at face value and moves on where it sounds like yours was just sort of like, here's a pamphlet. Stop doing that. Yeah. I think she really just believed what, you know, she thought to be true, you know, kind and what I was saying was too dangerous and you're, you know, like, Line, that's not good kind of a thing and you're only getting your a1c because he's too low and i'm saying but the data is not like what you're looking at is not true and she's like but your a1c is too close to that so i you know oh. i don't know we kind of would just leave every time being like okay and this was the thing is i wasn't against any advice i i, I mean i wasn't coming there saying please help me right but i wasn't fighting against either. anything and yeah. her only advice she could give was just make everything higher. And I said, well, but you might reduce the lows by making things higher, but then you're taking away all my good numbers that are in the middle and you're making them higher. And then you're just making my highs really high. So I don't think that that's really sound advice. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to tackle these certain times that I'm struggling with, or that I'm telling you school is really hard for me. It's really hard for me to figure out his schedule and not really. And you're saying, please help me with this. (laughs) You're saying, please help me with this. And their answer is, well, just put the kids A1C into the sevens and none of this will be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. People, kind of like can I tell you something, Christina? People with seven A1Cs get low too. It's not, it's not a, it's not a foolproof yeah. thing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> of course. Well, so it sounds like two, two different perspectives, right? And obviously yep. you step back like adults and you said, all right, look, get your clothes. That television's yours. Right, the dresser's mine. Everybody get out. We're gonna start over again. But no, it went right to silent treatments and bad communication. This is the part I'm dying to know about. Tell me about the moment when she broke up with you. It was a while ago, so I I I probably had more fire and like I remember it better back then when I had originally posted. You want me to get you? Do you want me to get you all stoked up? Do you want me to? I can get you excited if you want. Like she mistreated you and she doesn't care about your kid's health. I can get you upset if you need me to. No, no. no, I think she I think she was just more like, well, if you continue on this path, I can't really, you know, help you with what you need or like your prescriptions, you know, like sort of just like it was a very roundabout way. And I kind of like understood what she meant. And I was like, so if I'm not getting in the numbers that you are wanting, you're not going to want to see him anymore. Is that what I'm getting at? And so it was kind of just she wasn't really saying it and I was trying to feed off of what she meant, but I did, I did straight up tell her, I said, you know what? I don't think you would be happy with a five a one C. And if he had zero lows and she said, no, I wouldn't like there she, so it, so then that shows me that it wasn't always about just the lows. Yeah. It was that she just didn't want his a one C in a five or a six. I don't want to be indelicate, so, but she's full of shit. That's what you're telling me, right? Like <laughs> she, she had something she wanted and she was trying to push you towards it. Yeah. Yeah. And would make up excuses along the way about why you shouldn't be where you are. What she really means is, I want this kid's A1C in the sevens. And you fought back, yeah. Christina. Did you guys have sex one last time? That <laughs> happens at a breakup. We did, we did not. No, we did not. no, no, no. Because uh, sometimes during breakups, that happens. Every, you know what I mean? You're like super mad at each other. And you're like, let's just do it one more time. So. <laughs> Christina, are you laughing because that's happened to you or because? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> no, All, right. All right. You just, you're afraid somebody you know is going to listen to this. I, I hear what's going on. Okay. Um, okay. So 
Was oh, I'm it? sorry, it wasn't like this more of like a fight and whatnot, but it was, you know. Yeah, if you could was, add some hair pulling yeah. to this, and some, <laughs> can you imagine if the two of you just were like <laughs> shaking each other? Uh, anyway, so so seriously though, she left the room, and then the part the part where someone comes in to schedule you for your next one just didn't happen. Yeah, and well, she had said to me, "Why don't you take some time to think about, you know." I don't know, maybe to see if I can make any changes towards what she wanted. Um, we need and... time apart, she told you. <laughs> you know what the the sad thing is, though, is that I kind of was upset about it. And I did kind of I did kind of concede and I like kind of raised things higher to like kind of see, well, is she kind of right? Like, should I be am I being too aggressive? Like, am I you kind of put on yourself? You know, I spend so much of my time trying to make things right. And it's like, this is so much of my life and like what I do, I'm trying to do the best for him. And yeah. like, you well, know, and what you know, what that resulted in is us getting a 6.6 A1C the last time. And so it's like, you know, well, no, I'm going to go back and do what I think I need to do. And I'll try to fine tune it, figure it out. The school year is almost over. I'm sure I'll figure it out by the last day of school. And then we'll have a new schedule next year. Yeah, that or, I can right, or, ne- or next year, his, <laughs> his recess won't be at the same time or something like, or he'll weigh 10 pounds more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Like something's going to change. I'll tell you, that's my biggest takeaway from raising a kid from two to 18 so far with diabetes is that anything you think of as this massive problem is just going to change, go away or something. You, you know what I mean? Like like in six yeah. months. So it's it's not even worth being upset about it. I mean, you just sometimes there's I don't know. It's like choppy water in a boat. You just sometimes you just have to get through it and then it calms down again on the other side. You can't make the yeah. world stop waves. Right. But you can get through it as best you can and then move on. And it would have been nice if she said something like, hey, let me try to help you get through these bad recess times or whatever. Um, I see your goals. They're healthy goals. And um, I'm going to try to help you with the part you need help with. You keep doing the part you're doing great with. And this this too shall pass and we'll move on. But instead, not nice. Can I ask you? Mm-hmm. This is based on my episode I did with Arden, which you probably didn't hear. Uh, no, that but, one I was very curious to hear. And I'm wondering when she's coming back. And I see everyone post about her. Like, uh, when's she coming? And I know she'd be like, it's not her favorite thing. So uh, I get trust it. Me, it's, it's coming soon. Don't worry. I'm going to get her again. <laughs> um, did this doctor have high cheekbones? Was she blonde? <laughs> no, no, neither. These are reasons why Arden would dislike her immediately, just <laughs> in case. <laughs> Did you hear Arden say that about the cheekbones? No, I don't recall that. She's like, I don't trust people with high cheekbones. (laughs) (laughs) Why? She's She's a funny girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got like a whole reason, which, you know, anyway. Um, And if you have high cheekbones, I'm sure you are probably very trustworthy. (laughs) And please don't write me an email that your cheekbones have nothing to do with your personality. Um, But so you did step back, though. You did the adult thing. You listened. And you thought, okay, let me take some constructive criticism here and see if she's right. And it just wasn't yeah. right for you. No. All right. So now you see a, a, who do you go to for an endocrinologist? How did you find somebody who would be more yeah. amenable? So I had kind of, you know, reached out like, in, oh, my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, where are we going to go? Because the other doctor that's in that same office, I had actually seen one time and I wasn't really fond of. So I knew I didn't want to go back there. Um, but I was also thinking, I don't want to drive really far again. Um, so there are, you know, a few diabetics in the community, like in the city I live in. And so I kind of reached out and text, like, who do you go to? What do you, all the things. And so 
someone had recommended to me a doctor that unfortunately was far away another hour or so, but that is diabetic himself and that loops. I'm like, well, that just is who I'm going to see because that sounds like the dream and that's what I need to do. And so he actually only does telehealth, which I mean, now in this day and age, I guess, you know, okay, that's fine. (laughs) So we have only met with him one time um, back in January and he pretty much didn't care about the other doctor. I said, Hey, you know, like he saw the, the Dexcom. He's like, I don't even care about your lows. Like, so it was like such a, <laughs> a different, like, okay, wow. So Did and I feel like you were like, home you find a doctor that tells you what you want to hear, but it was nice to get a different perspective. Maybe that like, you know, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. that. <laughs> I think that's terrific. Did you try juiceboxdocs.com? There's an extensive list of doctors who... Uh, I have looked at that. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't think that I don't do anything on podcast related. Anymore. You're the one that said you were breaking up with me. I, I, I'm still here every day trying to make you dinner and rub your feet. And you're the one who's not sitting down on the sofa and putting your feet up. I don't know what to tell you. So this is not my fault. Um, this, is a, this is like a really bad breakup. I do think that's the episode title, too. Bad breakup. Who knows? Um, Did you find yourself ever... Hold on, I have two different questions. Let me ask this one before that one. Did you ever think, oh my god, this is my fault? Like, did you ever, like, slip into it and think, maybe this person's right? Like, am I... Did you ever consider if you were difficult to... I can't believe I'm using the word difficult. Like it's, I don't mean it like it's 1950 and you want to have. No, thoughts. my husband would actually yeah. say that about me. He's like, you need to talk to people differently. Like you can't like just, I just get really defensive. And like, this is obviously something I care about. It's my mm-hmm. son. And I do spend a lot of time and she would essentially tell me like, well, it shouldn't take over this much of your life. Or, you know, I think she just wanted it to be, well, maybe she didn't, but I think she presented that she wanted it to be easier for me that I shouldn't have to like, do so much. I'm like, this is my child and I want to do as much as I can for him. And I do have feelings of defeat when I can't figure things out. I think that that's natural. Maybe, maybe she was trying to protect you from those feelings a little bit. I mean, I I can't say that she was like so concerned about my feelings, but I mean, I think as a general, I mean, she's not a horrible person, but I mean, and you're not coming unhinged. She's not like, like thinking like, oh, I've got to help Christina once she leaves here. No, no, right. Things are going sideways. Like she didn't yeah. have a feeling you were like sitting in the corner rocking back and forth, like it, like up against the wall or something like that. I think she was more concerned about, you know, like um, safety and like legal. Like I can't mm-hmm. support this type of. Just um, covering her butt. I hear what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. So. Well, now you have found somebody better. This is lovely. Yes. Excellent. Good yes. for you. And and important, by the way, um, because far too many people are going to be treated um, in ways by doctors that are not in their best interest. It's going to be for reasons that you may often not even know about, you know, um, and you have to be able to kind of self-diagnose the situation and have the nerve to walk away from it or to stick up for yourself or whatever needs to be done. And also, by the way, you know, I could tell you Maybe, Christina, there would have been a way you could have made this work if you would have approached her differently. But I don't think yeah. that's, I don't think that's fair to you. I don't think that every time you go to a doctor's appointment, you should have to be on your best behavior and wear something pretty. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, and just kind yeah. of go in there and charm her. Like, you ought to be able to roll in there in sweatpants and be like, listen, I don't know why this is happening. Can you help me? I need to get the hell out of here. Uh, like, it, it, you shouldn't be in there charming people. It, that shouldn't be necessary. I think. Yeah, I think it goes both ways. I mean, like, yeah. you know, 
maybe I didn't need her for more than, you know, just prescriptions. But like when there was a question or time when I was being a little bit more open with like letting someone come in, like she wasn't able to really do that. And I needed to find someone that was, you know, so sometimes it takes, I guess, those, you know, those relationships to end for them, something new to come. Well, you know what you're describing? It's just poor communication, right? Like you came in when you found yourself allowing yourself to be vulnerable with her. She didn't hear you and take you at your word. She decided what was your problem and then tried to fix it. You sure she wasn't a guy? (laughs) 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 Sorry. I didn't mean to throw guys under the bus there, but we do that a lot. So, um, you know, it's it's just interesting. She just didn't she should have just taken you at face value and tried to meet you where you were and help you with the situations you said you needed help with. And instead, she just decided, I don't care what your problems are. We'll just change your problems to different problems that I'm more comfortable with. Or they can be someone else's problems. <laughs> or, or we'll make them your son's problems. And with no concern for the fact that you would have felt terrible leaving his blood sugar higher. Um, that there's psychological impacts from it, that he would have health impacts from it. Um, it, This is all about making her comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And you're having trouble saying it still, even though it happened to you. (laughs) Why do people do that? Why do we, why do we protect our, um, our attackers sometimes? I don't know, Scott. (laughs) Christina, you didn't want to get this deep into this. See, I told you the podcast was different now. (laughs) Am I better at it from your recollection? great you were great then you're great now all right that's that's the right answer yeah. good job uh, <laughs> um any words of wisdom for people who are going through something similar oh geez i mean i think you kind of just need to listen to yourself right i mean i i think i knew that like you've been having the same conversations over and over and over again i mean we go three times a year so you know it, this wasn't anything new i think there was just kind of a tipping point into, I guess I just thought I could figure it out on my own. And I wanted to prove it to her that like, look, I figured it out. Ha ha ha. And I guess that didn't happen for me, (laughs) but (laughs) that's not a healthy approach, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) Do you wonder listening to our conversation in your own mind, how many people are going to get divorced or break up after listening to this and being like, yeah, why am I putting up with that? (laughs) Anyway, uh, real relationships are more important to work on. <laughs> I just want to be clear. I don't want. You shouldn't give up so easily. Uh, yeah, I don't want an email from somebody who was like, "Hey, your podcast conversation about breaking up with your doctor led to the dissolving of my marriage, and now I live in an apartment above a pizza place." You know what I mean? So um, try harder in your personal relationships. Also, no lie. If this was a personal, real, a real personal relationship, which obviously it isn't, she's a doctor. She feels like she holds some sort of sway over the situation. It's not a fair, balanced, you know, uh, relationship. But you could have just stepped back, had a fight, and said, yeah. "Let's start over again." But you can't. You can't do. You can't have a knockdown drag out with your endocrinologist in the middle of a <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> and, then, and then everybody go, "Okay, fair's fair. You made some good points. I made some good points. Let's try again." You know, because that's all you needed was a resetting of the of your communication skills. Or maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe she really was pushing you in a direction purposefully, but not being completely honest with you about it. So yeah. may- maybe not. Anyway, this is interesting. Did your husband blame you? My husband doesn't really do much with diabetes anymore, so <laughs> he can't really say anything. <laughs> he lost his uh, his ability to speak on the issue. Uh, I just don't, 
he just doesn't do much so, anymore. So I don't feel I just he does what I say, I guess. <laughs> most things in life look at you settling into a lovely married relationship what are you married about 12 years yes did i get it exactly right 13 this year god damn i'll tell you what for anybody who thinks that i don't know people you're 100 wrong i did not know that before christina tell people right not at all yeah i know how this stuff goes oh my god you're still having sex once in a while interesting <laughs> so interesting okay. i also did hear i don't know if it if it was on the Facebook group or someone was talking about how you talk about that too much and more with the females than the males. And they were not happy about it. I know. And I don't agree. (laughs) So (laughs) I, if you were a guy, I wouldn't be talking about your relationship any differently. I think uh, it's interesting. You brought that up. I think that, um, I think that in that specific situation, that person was an older woman and I think mm-hmm. it made her uncomfortable to hear a man and a woman talking about sex publicly. Yeah. that That's what I think. But I just wanted you to know that I'm there and I see things. And so I don't want you to think oh, I just came up on you. Are you showing, up, Scott. You're showing off that you're lurking in my Facebook group? Yep. <laughs> well, it's a weird flex, but I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I it, listen, somebody actually came in and uh, said, you know, Scott, like overwhelmingly records with more women than men, right? Like, you know, I, and, and said, I've never seen him treat men or women differently. It was interesting. It was an interesting conversation because I do think that in the end, that's what it was. That for some people, first of all, just saying sex out loud in general is uncomfortable for some people. Um, and, uh, and that then it's, I mean, think about it. Like you're, you're a guest on the show. I have a, like a big, deep voice. You, you know what I mean? And we're talking back and forth. I'm, I'm being flippant about stuff like that. But the truth is. Around 12, 13, 14 years of being married, you're still having sex once in a while. And for those of you who haven't been married for 20 or 25 or 30 years, I know you're laughing and thinking, ah, that'll never happen to me. But you're wrong. So (laughs) (laughs) there will be a day where Christina just walks in the room and goes, there's the guy that makes money and brings it home. (laughs) And he'll look at you and go, that's the lady that does the laundry. And you'll be like, this is fine. <laughs> That'll be that. And everybody can say, oh, it shouldn't be like that. But screw you. That's how it goes. So um, and for any of you out there who are having some magical relationship and you're 65 years old, having sex every 35, good for you. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. Uh, anyway, I don't see about I, I, I can't think of anything I would talk about with you that I wouldn't talk about if this was your husband. You know I mean? Yeah, and maybe just more women are reaching out. So to, to oh, 100%. Um, record and then also maybe more women are taking care of, you know, so that's not, I mean, it's, your, it's the audience. So I yeah. mean, what am I going to do? Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure what happened there. Although I am sure what happened. This is the second time I've recorded today. So um, yeah. I, I've been talking way too much. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're, you're, you're comfortable with like, usually I ask this after the recording, but just for context here. Are you comfortable with what we've spoken about so far? You can feel free to say yeah, no. Yeah, of course. No. Okay. Yes. And if you weren't, I would hope you would tell me. And I will ask you after the recording ends if you're uncomfortable with anything that we talked about, because I don't want you to be uncomfortable and I don't want people to hear things that you don't want to hear them to hear. So anyway, there's a part of the podcast that none of you hear that happens after it's over, where I double down and make sure everybody's okay and we're not recording anymore. So we're not using big voices and excite. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Go make your own podcast. Damn it. Leave me alone. <laughs> now you're making me upset, Christina. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's not your fault. It's those fault. And actually, I didn't mind the woman bringing it up. 
I thought it was an interesting conversation. I think everything's an interesting conversation. So I don't. Yeah, the conversations just need to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything we shouldn't talk about. Be perfectly honest. So every once in a while, I'm going to say something that somebody doesn't like, and there's not a lot I can do about that. But what I have learned is that limiting myself makes a bad podcast, and taking a risk that not everybody's going to like it—that's what makes a good one. You know. So here I am. All right. So this kid that you made that has diabetes. Anything else yeah. going on with him? You got the celiac or the thyroid. Do you have anything like that? Any of it in your family? No. Husband? Extended He's family? He's the unicorn. Just just the one. Alopecia. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, you have a bipolar uncle? Nope. Okay. That's all. I'm done. Okay. It's just a weird anomaly. How about you have other kids, it right? Is. I do. He has a younger sister. She's four and a half. Nothing going on there. Nothing there, but I do think from time to time, you know, I'm really glad she's not the diabetic one. <laughs> is she difficult? <laughs> um, I just think that toddler years are quite, you know, interesting. She's super strong-willed, so um, she doesn't really care if you're an adult or a parent. Like, she just wants to do what she wants to do, and she thinks that that is fine, and she doesn't look to anyone for any sort of approval or anything so i think that um because brother sometimes needs things you know a juice box or gummies or whatever she then feels that she should get them Mm -hmm. and i feel that though sometimes we concede to that because okay fine here's two um i just fear that if she ever does become then we're gonna have a major problem with um regulating things you should have let her deal with the doctor it would have been terrific if you just plopped your (laughs) four-year-old down in front of her and said work it out with her i'll be back in 10 minutes She'd be like, no, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. Look, I think everybody has, who has multiple kids, I think it's pretty reasonable to look at their personalities and go, ooh, this would be easier with this one than that one, et cetera. Um, and I'm sure there are plenty of people who, in the reverse, look at multiple children and think, gosh, as crazy as this sounds, this would be way better if it was, you know, Billy and not Veronica, um, you know, it's going to have a harder impact on her, et cetera, for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like some people are, I mean, there are all levels of success that people are going to have with diabetes. And a lot of it is attached to your personality and the way you attack problems. And yeah. that's not something um, that anyone thinks about early on in this stuff, that you have to be a, a head down move forward, I can do this person. And if you are, this all goes a little easier. You, you know, if you're constantly in, in a position where you feel like things are happening to you, this isn't fair. This is my lot in life. I guess this is what I get. Like that kind of attitude is, it's harder to get through this with um, for certain, I, I, I believe. I do want to say something that's kind of off track, but I think it's like a positive thing to tell people. I think littles with type one it's just it's harder it's a special like niche group you know when they're that small i think you feel like you're never going to get out of it Mm -hmm. it's always going to be that hard and you know they don't have the dexterity to be able to punch in the numbers correctly or maybe they can't read and they can't you know text or use a phone properly but like they will get there and being nine, I would say the last two years of this crazy pandemic, like he got to practice diabetes a lot. His best friend lives two doors down. And normally I would just have Clayton, just come home if you want a snack. If they're going to give you something, just come home, we'll enter it really quickly. But he was able to kind of 
do that on his own to call me or FaceTime me or have the mom kind of overlook his shoulder and kind of make sure that he was entering something correctly. And I think it just gave him so much freedom to be able to do things on his own. And you kind of just get to that space where it's like, you can kind of like breathe. I can drop him off at baseball practice for like 45 minutes early and not have to sit and stay and watch, you know, like I kind of think that when you're in the earlier stages, you feel like it's just, you're never going to get there, but you will. It's a great point. It really is. The only thing I disagreed with is I, I loved watching baseball practice, but. Oh, well (laughs) I actually, I do as well, but if I need to, (laughs) I understand. Uh, You know, this, uh, this week, marks the the final few days of Cole's uh, undergrad college baseball career. So I've been zigzagging across the East Coast, driving to colleges uh, to watch baseball games. And uh, it's very sad. I'm trying very hard not to think about it. But I, in three or four days, he's going to play his last game as an undergrad. So I don't know if he's going to go play uh, grad ball somewhere or not. He might. Um, but I'm up against the fact that this might be the last time Cole plays organized baseball. It's very weird to me. He's been doing it yeah. since he was four, and he's twenty-two. So. And when did Arden stop 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 softball? When I her shoulder, well, yeah, when her shoulder started hurting. Maybe she oh, was okay. thirteen, maybe or fourteen in there. I don't know. Yeah, thirteen or fourteen, probably. Uh, she still has like a wicked arm. She could Arden could throw a ball at you, and it would frighten you. So. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I watched my son do something on Saturday that was just. It was otherworldly how far and accurately he threw a baseball while, like, moving, you know, during a panicky, like, live game situation while people were running around and you had to throw the ball to the right place. I um, I told him afterwards, if you want to go to grad school to play, I'll support that. I said, the person who just did that is, I don't think, done playing baseball. So we'll see what happens. Do you get so nervous watching? No, I don't. I have a really weird feeling about baseball. I think that you play baseball so you can keep playing baseball. And it's always a learning experience to me. Um, And so whether he's successful or he fails, as long as he's moving forward and thinking of something new or figuring something out or having a personal breakthrough or a physical breakthrough, I'm, I'm okay with the process. Like he's not... You know, he's not Bryce Harper. He didn't come out of the womb like nine feet tall and ready to play major league baseball. Like so it's a you know, it's a he's been building on top of himself for a long time. Um, I think there's been uncountable um benefits that come from him playing a uh, unorganized sport like this. Uh he'll be a much better person for having done it as an adult. Uh, I, I just it's a weird thing to I don't know how to put it. Imagine if nine more years from now, like double the time your son's had diabetes. Um, imagine, imagine if uh, when he's eighteen, you have to take everything you've learned about diabetes, for example, and put it in a box and never use it again. And it, you know what I mean? Like my son has spent the last eighteen years amassing massive skills, and he might suddenly have nowhere to apply them. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. So yeah, uh, we're hoping he keeps playing a little longer. Yeah, I mean he's hoping. I I I, I just want him to be happy. Although I am going to probably not handle it well when he stops playing. So I fully expect to cry in front of people on Saturday. Is what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> we should be uplifting up, for everybody. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, have we not talked about anything that you wanted to talk about? 
No, I think we got it all. You sure? Because if not, we're done. <laughs> Do you want to be done? Well, Are you finished with until me? Until next time, Scott. <laughs> Are you going to come back on in five more years? You know, maybe when I figure out Loop, we can chat. Or, you know, if I give the next thing a whirl, I'm not opposed. But I'm also not, like, trying to jump on the train to get the Omnipod. I don't even know what they're calling it now because they keep changing the name, right? <laughs> Omnipod 5. I just spoke with someone. I, By the way, this isn't going to go out until after it doesn't matter. But between you and I, I can tell you, and you just have to promise not to tell anybody online, that I just spoke with somebody about Arden getting Omnipod 5 the other day. So that's cool. Yeah, it's coming. I can't wait to try it. I'm super excited to try everything, honestly. So I can't wait to try that. See if that works for us. If it doesn't, I'd, I'd probably go back to looping if it didn't do what I needed it to do. But I, I yeah. do I do want to know and I want to find out. Um, you know, there are a number of episodes about looping. They're called Fox in the Loop House. I think they're like three. I parts. have heard those. Yes. Love Kenny. He's great. Uh, right. Very Ken- helpful. Kenny is really terrific. All right, Christina, can you hold on one second? I have to stop the recording and ask you a bunch of questions to make sure you were comfortable during this. Absolutely. All right, thank you. Well, big thanks to Christina for coming on the show and sharing that story. Love that her doctor broke up with her. Um, Who else are we thanking? Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Please use my link, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox usmed.com forward slash juice box or call, oh geez, I put the phone number away, or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check. Seriously, I know it sounds like a big deal to switch your person that you're getting your supplies from, but US Med will help you and it will be uh, well worth your time when it's done. And of course, let's thank Touched by Type 1 and remind you to go to touchedbytype1.org or follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.